Hi everyone, this week our guest is Rachel Hall, Higher Education Editor at The Guardian. In this role, and her previous experiences engaging with universities, she's seen an increased dialogue around student mental health and has written numerous articles on it. We really enjoy chatting to Rachel and look forward to reading more of her work. If you enjoy listening to Rachel as well, please give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Hi Rachel, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Perfect. Um, so can I start by asking what your what your role professionally is and how it relates to um, to mental health, I suppose? Yeah, sure. So I am a journalist. Um, I'm currently editing the Guardian's universities website. And prior to that, I was a news reporter focusing on higher education policy for a publication called Research Fortnight, um, which um, universities subscribe to. And I think through both of those roles, um, you know, that which has been over the past four or five years, I have seen kind of an increase in the interest among universities in mental health issues and looking out for their students and a kind of growing awareness of sort of some of the problems on campuses. Um, and so through, through my journalism, I've kind of been, been sort of covering that. Yeah. Can you, could you pinpoint when that kind of started, the increased interest in the conversation? Yeah. I mean, also, so, you know, I've, I've got about sort of five years of experience um, in universities. And I'd say it's definitely sort of around that kind of time frame. Um, but it's, I think it's really ramped up and it, it, you know, it's difficult to say exactly how long, but the past couple of years or so. And certainly with the new universities minister, he has really been talking about it a lot and, and, and kind of really turning it into quite a big issue. Um, you know, he wrote to vice-chancellors at the start this year telling them that mental health and looking after their students' mental health has to be their number one priority. So that's you know, a real, real sign that, that the government's taking it seriously, that university leaders are taking it seriously. Um, so I think probably you know it started with the students and the kind of growing awareness of mental health problems and kind of concepts like anxiety and depression and being able to identify those and having them sort of reduce that you know there being less stigma around reporting um, and that sort of fed into increased demand for counselling services and now I think universities are really starting to, to sit up and take notice. Yeah, so you are seeing. The uni's taking a bit, I suppose, taking a bit more seriously, but also at a higher kind of policy level, they're taking the government are taking it seriously yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one vice chancellor that I interviewed recently was very sort of adamant. He, you know, he he said that nobody thinks that that this is a bad thing that universities are being held to account on this. Everybody wants to try and and try and kind of improve um, the the you know the experience for students who are struggling, um, but they're just sort of feeling their way at the moment, and that you know they haven't cracked. How, how best to sort of solve what, what people are, I guess, calling the me- a mental health crisis in universities, but it's something, it's not something they feel sort of is, you know, hyperbolic or that they, they resent, they see it as a good opportunity to, to really kind of push that up the agenda. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so do you think you could pinpoint why there are an increase in these issues, or do you think it's potentially because people it's a good thing and people feeling more comfortable that they can talk about it um yeah well i mean i guess universities are mostly made up you know at the student level mostly made up of young people um and i think it is definitely a thing that sort of the kind of younger generation are sort of maybe the most mentally health literate there's like less stigma i mean there's various sort of kind of research that shows how attitudes towards mental health problems the fact they're seen as on a par with physical health problems um 
are you know that that, that they're changing um, and um, and so I think that probably it does come from young people. I went. I remember going to a conference and there was a sort of director from emphasis student mental health on the topic of student mental health, and there was a director from public health England, and he said that you know this is mental health is one of the areas that he feels his 19 year old son knows more about than he does. So wow. I guess that's that's quite telling. Yeah. So it's actually a really good thing potentially that. Um, the kind of younger generation is more engaged with this thing than, than they were before. Yeah, definitely. I suppose that that's the positive. The negative is probably more that, you know, as has been discussed at school level as well, um, there's increasing exam pressure and I think a lot of young people are, you know, throughout the, the education system and I think a lot of young people are feeling less optimistic about their career prospects afterwards. So there is this sense that, you know, that there's so much more pressure on going to university. There's obviously, like, since, you know, 2012, the student debt load has massively increased. You know, students are paying over £9,000 per year of university plus living costs. So there's, you know, a sense among students that their, their time has to be really worthwhile and that they really need to do well at uni, maybe be doing ter- have a term-time job in order to help sort of make ends meet, plus be doing internships to make sure that they, you know, they can kind of set themselves apart in a crowded graduate job market afterwards. So. That's, that's the downside, that there is that additional pressure and that obviously can lead to, to kind of anxiety and, and depression and, and stress. Yeah, and it's kind of, I think before you go to university, you're, there's an image of it being, it will be the best time of your life, you'll, you know, you can engage in something you're really interested in uh, academically, you're going to thrive socially, you've got so much opportunity to do like uh, sports or whatever kind of activities you're into, so there's this picture built of it being a kind of perfect place and then maybe you get there and especially in those first few weeks you might feel that it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, yeah. yeah, no definitely um, and something I found really interesting in all the kind of research and reading that I've been doing around mental health is this idea and you know maybe it sounds like quite an intuitive quite sort of common sense one but this idea that transitions are so, a really hard things for people to go to and that's there's often like an increase in kind of reported sort of mental health issues that goes alongside that. Um, Definitely, you know, I remember finding the transition to university, you know, and I didn't even have £9,000 a year worth of debt. Like, I found it really, really hard to deal with. Um, you know, and you're moving away from home for the first time, you're learning how to look after yourself, you're suddenly meeting a whole bunch of people, you're studying in what can sometimes be a really different way in certain courses. Um, maybe you're worried that you haven't picked the right degree for you. Like, it's, you know, it all kind of adds up to be quite a high pressure environment. Yeah, um, and talking about that transition, you you wrote a piece on clearing and that was something I never really I never really gave much thought to that that people that get in through clearing might um, experience some difficulties that people who get in um, I suppose through like a the standard way to go through yeah well I guess there's so much conversation about um, you know a lot of the kind of benefits of clearing how it's great that it's like this mainstream thing now that it's no longer seen as you know kind of just just for rejects and I think that's really good but the other side of it is that it's it's now like a really quite large number of students, quite a high percentage of the total student body who are going through what can often be a really stru- stressful and really traumatic event. I mean, just chatting to students for the piece and some other pieces that I've written, you know, makes you really understand how that day, you know, you're just like on the phone lines, having to make snap decisions, maybe you're desperately, you know, while you're you know, desperately trying to get through to your top choice university and you're on hold for hours, you're wondering whether the places at your second choice um, uni are disappearing sort of thing um, 
apparent, you know, there's not always great advice from teachers, schools don't necessarily know how to support students, um, and a lot of universities are doing slightly manipulative things as well in terms of trying to, to kind of entice students through clearing because they're just desperate for students. Um, now to make sure that they can fill, fill their spaces now it's a much more competitive higher education marketplace but you know they might be sort of you know luring you with a free laptop and you're like oh do I go to the university with a free laptop or, or do I not and interestingly one of the kind of clearing advisors that I spoke to um, for that piece said that you know their main thing is that they're trying to do responsible recruitment so trying to make sure that students are picking the right institution for them but I think that's not something that happens across the board um, and then obviously if you add to that, maybe if you've you know, missed your exams, you're expecting to get you know, exam results, you know, you're expecting to go and live in a different city, you know, it just all makes that kind of transition so much harder. Yeah, and if you've set yourself up to go to a certain place, a certain university, and then suddenly, I don't know, you might not do quite as well as you thought you were going to do, that's a really big kind of transition to have to make that happens quite quickly in clearing, doesn't it? It's quite a quick... Exactly. And also, I mean, I think the other big thing is missing out on some time. You know, not all universities will give a guaranteed offer of accommodation. So you might end up having to just get a flat share in town when, you know, what you really wanted was to be in halls on campus or whatever. And that obviously, you know, makes you feel kind of stigmatised from the outset. Yeah. So does that translate into a higher dropout rate, do you think, for, for people who get in through clearing? Yeah. So I was trying to find um, proper stats on that. And I... I didn't manage to find any stats that I was able to access, but I did talk to some people, you know, in universities who said that that was something that they had noticed. Um, and one researcher who was looking into um, into kind of how universities can curb dropout rates definitely said that you know he he's done lots of interviews with students um, as part of his research, and he felt that some of them um, really do sort of seem to have an attitude like, oh, I, you know, I wasn't meant to be here in the first place, so I don't even know if I'll cope until Christmas sort of thing. And I think arriving with that mindset can obviously really impact your, your student experience. Yeah, definitely. And you're working on another piece around student mental health at the moment, aren't you? Do you want to quickly explain a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So that is a little bit different. Um, it's Basically, a lot of it is anchored around um, James Murray, who's the father of um, Ben Murray, who unfortunately died by suicide early in the year at Bristol University. There was quite a lot of press coverage around at the time, at the time because there'd been a kind of sequence of suicides at Bristol. Um, and James Murray also has, you know, been very open about talking about it in the press and has lots of, has really, thought, you know, it's quite impressive. But he's, you know, even though he's not somebody with doesn't work in higher education, but he's really kind of thought quite deeply on what universities can do to kind of stop this stuff from happening in the future. One of his big things was around the idea of data sharing with parents. Um, that's not what I'm focusing on. I'm looking at, so he's got an IT background and he kind of built this, what he calls a dashboard. So it's kind of, um, you know, a sort of profile of his son that pulled together disparate bits of data from around the university. So, you know, there's kind of his background data, you know, stuff like he came through clearing, which as we talked about can make you make you sort of a bit at risk. Also had, you know, recently suffered a bereavement in his family. He was a first year male also, which are kind of risk factors for, for suicide. Um, and on top of that, there, there are then kind of 
signs of him not engaging with his course academically. He wasn't turn, turning up to exams, he wasn't going to lectures, and you know, he was never flagged up to the student support services when he was at university. And I think what James is, is saying is that if the university had, had looked at all this data in the round, which all of which is already captured, it's just about pulling it into a single place and having an alert system, they would have identified his son as somebody who, who needed help. Yeah, so I suppose all that data kind of exists, but it might be in different areas of the university. Exactly, and um, universities already, it's kind of in its infancy, but um, it's called learning analytics, and universities are already sort of recording lots of bits of data from all around the institution, you know, how often you go to the library, how often you turn up to lectures, and they can, you know, mesh that with other kind of data, you know, that they hold around your background and information from your school, and they use that to build up a picture of students who are at risk of failing or dropping out. But I think what this piece looks at, um, and, you know, I've spoken to a few other people in, in universities, um, including the kind of the IT body for universities, which is called JISC, and they're saying that, you know, this technology could really be built upon to spot students who are struggling from mental health problems who might not always go to the support services, because obviously that's a big thing, you know, in, in all institutions or scenarios or whatever, that people, you know, often the people who are struggling the most are those who are least capable of referring themselves to, to the professionals. Yeah, that's really interesting. And are the, are the unis on board with this? Are they kind of testing out I suppose or is it yeah so it's uh, yeah as I said they're already doing more stuff around um you know dropouts and so on of which obviously there is kind of overlap with kind of students who might be struggling with mental health issues so that bit's already there but really sort of like um you know ramping it up to focus on on referrals to student support I think is something that they're interested in expanding across the sector I did chat to one VC who said that you know it could be quite expensive to do a sort of dashboard like on the level of detail that James Murray was proposing and really it might only help a very small number of students and that that money might be better off going towards kind of frontline mental health services so you know that's like a counter argument but I think you know anything you know, comparatively speaking I don't think it would be that expensive to roll out so I think it's just and it's a case of using something that already exists but kind of um, giving it a, a different application so I think you know I, th I think it, 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 could be, it could be a good way forward. Yeah, that's really positive. And you said his other work was around um, involving parents mm -hmm. in um, in the child's mental health while at university, and that's quite—it's not controversial, but it's quite. Um, I suppose once someone goes to university, they are technically independent. Um, so how how does that kind of how do those ideas kind of work? Yeah, I would say it is something that's controversial and it is something that has been discussed quite a lot, you know, ever since this father suggested that it was something universities should be doing. Actually, I think that the um, the universities minister um, also then thought that he would he said it would be a good idea. Um, but at the moment, I think most universities sort of like take the attitude that you're an adult and, you know, you might nominate um, a sort of parent or guardian or like, you know, somebody to contact in case of emergency, but they wouldn't, there wouldn't really be an automatic process for notifying parents about it. Um, but, you know, I think discussion about that is changing um, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see sort of where the kind of the mood goes over the, ne over sort of the next month or a few months or year. Um, I think there's a growing sense that actually, you know, students are quite vulnerable. Um, there's, you know, a very high incidence of reported kind of mental health problems. Um, there have been some concerns about rates of suicide, although actually they're lower than for 
the, the, the general, young people yeah. who of the same in the same age bracket who don't go to university. But obviously, I guess you know the point is one suicide is yeah. one suicide too many. So anything you can do to stop that is is, is a positive thing. Um, but I think there is a sense that maybe universities do have a little bit of a safeguarding duty, duty towards their students. It wouldn't necessarily be on the level of a school, but that there might be something in between where they are now and you know, for instance, the much more kind of onerous requirements on schools that, that could be could be a good way forward in future. Yeah, I think it's really hard because obviously students are complete, they're on a complete spectrum where some of them go to university and it's like, never have to talk to my parents again or you know rarely have to phone home uh, and that's how they like it and others who I suppose phone home every day uh, go home at weekends and need that kind of extra level of support um, and it's really hard to know whether whether to involve the parents in that especially because you're moving away to a new city it's kind of on the one hand it's a freedom the first taste of getting out there in the world but also like you still have to go home at Christmas and Easter and stuff yeah and I think it's obviously fine, you know, what each student will want to do, have a different relationship with their parents, and I think that's fine because they choose that. I guess the issue here is, you know, when the university is sharing information with the parents that they wouldn't chosen to have shared, you know, like for instance, they're failing their exams, or they aren't going to lectures, or they're, they're, they're being kicked out of the university, or we're worried about their mental health or whatever. I think the question mark is over whether to share that. I know at the moment some universities say they get bombarded with phone calls from parents asking to know how their students are doing, and they say, well, they're adults, we can't tell you anything. Um, which I think is probably the right attitude for the most part, but I think I don't think it's a terrible idea to maybe look at the idea of having you know, a few sort of very special circumstances in which you would contact parents or guardian or like a nominated other. Yeah, maybe like an op. I think it's been discussed like an opt-in service before you yeah. start or at the start of each academic year that says you know if I'm struggling with X it's okay to contact my parents or my guardian or something like that yeah exactly um, yeah that's really interesting um, so just to kind of wrap things up we always ask everyone how they keep themselves mentally healthy um, so what, what kind of strategies have you got <laughs> um, well as I said, you know, we were talking about transitions before, and I think in a sense, like, just educating yourself on what kind of the potential mental health challenges are and how to look after yourself is a really good idea, because I feel I found, you know, going to university difficult, I found getting my first job really difficult, and I feel like whenever I next go through a transition, the fact that I'll be aware that it's a transition and that it's difficult will sort of help me get through it. So I think just, just you know, thinking about what, what the things are that, that, that you struggle with, I think is, is a really good way of going about things. I mean, other than that, I guess, just like making time for yourself yeah. is probably a good one. Um, you know, a sort of exercise when you're feeling low or seeing friends or just doing things that you, that you think are fun um, and relaxing, I think, you know, that, that stuff does yeah. help. I suppose in something like journalism, there's a there's a potential to be working all the time, isn't there? Because there's always the next thing to move on to. Yeah, so and you could always be pitching another article to somebody. So, you know, I'm sure it works fine for some people to work all the time, but I think it's really important to take time to relax as well. Yeah. So where can we find out more about that article that um, they're working on at the moment and the others and, and just generally the work you do? Um, sure. So we are called Guardian Universities and we're a section of the Guardian website. Um, 
and you can find us if you click on education then there'll be the option to go to university you can see lots of our stuff on the education page as well which is on the main nav bar but you can also um, see us um, we've got our own specific site that you can click through um, on education um, you can also do www.theguardian.com slash universities we're on twitter at gdn universities i'm at rachel hall underscore he um, and you can drop us a line at universities at theguardian.com and that's advice about all aspects of university yeah exactly so you know we take a sort of like kind of whole campus look at universities so we've got both content that's kind of targeted at students but also staff and also sometimes parents or you know just even like the general reader who's interested in, in higher education so kind of any of the big big issues that are affecting universities we try and make sure are covered brilliant rachel thank you very much for talking to us thank you for having me Hi guys, just a quick reminder that we aren't trained psychologists or psychiatrists or therapists and if you're having your own problems, don't hesitate to go and see your GP or use the services of charities like Mind or Calm or anything like that. Cheers.